be seated. Well, John Bunyan, of course, wrote this famous book, this allegory, Pilgrim's Progress, uh, in which he portrays some of the difficulties and delights of the Christian life. And one of the pictures that he gives in Pilgrim's Progress is of these two pilgrims, Christian and faithful, coming to this town called Vanity, in which there was a ongoing fair year-round. And so <clears throat> that's where we get the little phrase, Vanity Fair. And what uh, took place at Vanity Fair was that there were all kinds of merchants selling vanities. Um, uh, they, he goes through some various types of lusts and pleasures that were presented there at Vanity Fair. And these dealers, as Christian, as Christian and faithful were passing through uh, Vanity Fair, which they had to go through in order to get to the celestial city, um, were being confronted with all kinds of of uh, hawkers, you might say, people trying to get them to buy their vanities. Buy this, buy this. Let me just um, read a little bit of a, the account here. These pilgrims set very light by all their wares, the things that were being presented to them. They cared not so much as to look upon them. And if they called upon them to buy, they would put their fingers in their ears and cry, Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and look upward, signifying that their trade and traffic was in heaven. One chanced mockingly, beholding the carriage of the men, that's the way, the way they were walking, to say to them, What will you buy? What will you buy? But they, looking gravely upon him, answered, We buy the truth. At that, there was an occasion taken to despise the men the more, some mocking, some taunting, some speaking reproachfully, and some calling upon others to smite them. Well, he goes on and tells about their experiences in Vanity Fair, which in fact was a place where one of the pilgrims, uh, faithful, was martyred. But the picture then is of all these uh, merchants trying to peddle their wares to Christian, to the pilgrims, and the pilgrims taking the position, we buy the truth. And, of course, that is a reference to a scripture in Proverbs, chapter 23, verse 23, by truth... And do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. So that's what I'd like to share a few thoughts on this subject of buying the truth and not selling it. We live in a society that is doing the same thing that was taking place in Vanity Fair. A society that's trying to get us to buy many things 
that would be of no profit to us. And what we need to determine is to buy the truth and not sell it. We need to make that the basis of our lives. Now, just as a kind of an introduction, let me just say that really the basis for a just society, for law and for order, and the basis for any true knowledge, um, and of course the basis for salvation, all these things uh, are founded upon truth. Uh, there can be no justice, no law, no knowledge, no salvation apart from truth. One, one man said that truth is the foundation of all knowledge and the cement of societies. So if you feel like I do that our society seems to be falling apart, the reason for that is is because they've lost the foundation of truth. If, if truth is the cement of a society and truth is being crushed in the streets, you can be sure that society is going to fall apart. And we see that, I think, in our present situation. We live in an age of what's called relativism, and I'm not talking about the scientific theory here. I'm talking about an attitude towards truth, where all truth is said to be relative, where there is no, as what Francis Schaeffer called, no true truth. Uh, at least we're told to believe that there's no true truth. Um, I might just say this as another little aside here. One of the reasons that that attitude is so prevalent is because... Uh, people are not being confronted with the truth. Another man said this, when truth is silent, false views seem plausible. Well, why is it that so people are so uh, prone to not even question this foolish and ridiculous statement that uh, there is no absolute truth? We know it's a contradiction on the face of it, but why don't people... Are, you know, realize that. Well, one of the reasons is not they're not challenged to even consider their true, the truth. So, this is our situation. We live in Vanity Fair. Um, I mean, the big what what could be the what could be a bigger vanity? I mean, you talk. Uh, Bunyan was looking at the situation in his day, but what could be a bigger vanity? than to say that there is no such thing as truth. I mean, you're, you're getting down to the bot, rock bottom there. You can't get any further off. So here we are <laughs> in Vanity Fair. And so we need to take this um, exhortation very seriously. Buy truth and do not sell it. So the question is, to begin with, then, in our situation, is there such a thing as truth? Well, the answer, obviously, is yes. Uh, if God tells us to buy it, there has to be truth. Is it obtainable? Yeah, he said buy it. So it must be obtainable. How do we get it? Well, he said you have to buy it. Where can you buy it? Well, you're not going to get it at Vanity Fair. That's not going to be the place to go. 
There will be all kinds of other things there, but you're not going to get the truth there. Uh, all truth comes from God. And, and I would say this, anything that's true in some way will point to God. If it's true, it points to God. I mean, you keep following it along, you're going to get to God. Uh, why is that? Well, it's because God is the truth. He tells the truth. He's made a universe in which uh, there is, in which he put creatures who can know the truth because we're made in the image of the one who is the truth. Um, so we are here to know and believe and trust the truth. What is truth? Well, truth is what corresponds to what is. That's a kind of simple definition, isn't it? Truth is what corresponds to what is. Well, what is what is? What is is what God's made. I'm not. I don't want to lose you on this. This is not hard. It's. it's Truth is what corresponds to what is, and what is is what God's made. He's the maker of heaven and earth. So again, if anything, we, anything that we know that is true points to God. It has to. Well, so again, where can you buy the truth? You're going to have to get it from the one who made heaven and earth. You're going to have to get it from the one who is the truth. one who's full of grace and truth. Going to have to get it from God's Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth, the one who guides us into all truth. So, that's where you get it. So, it says buy the truth. So the next question is, how much does it cost? Well, it can be bought without money and without price. It's a free gift but it'll cost you everything. A free gift. You can't merit it. You can't earn it. But unless you're earnest about receiving it, you won't get it. You have to be like that merchant who sold all that he had to buy that pearl of great price. It's got to be that important to you. It's going to have to be like a treasure hidden in the field that you're going to sell all that you have to buy the field to get the treasure. You're going to have to dig for it. You're going to have to want it. You can't take a lackadaisical attitude toward it. If you really don't want it, you'll never get it. Yeah, you have to have a love of the truth so as to be saved. Well, uh, back 45 years ago or so in my generation in terms of when I was in high school and college, this was, just to show you how long ago that was, it was back when uh, the scientists were worried about a new ice age. <laughs> That's the truth. Things have changed. And things have changed in terms of truth because here we are in a society now that says there is no absolute truth. But back in my time, 
people like to fashion themselves as seekers of truth. The problem is they never buy it. They just like to be thought of as a seeker of the truth. Why didn't they buy it? Well, I can tell you why they didn't buy it. It costs too much. Um, You see, you can't just kind of gaze at it from a distance, wish for it, talk about how good it'd be if you had it, and that type of thing. You have to buy it. And men will not do that for one main reason. It just costs too much. What's it cost? It costs you your life. It costs you your self-life. It costs you that way of living that you have lived in all of your life until that point, which is living for self. So, I say they were seekers of truth, but by and large, they would not buy it. See, truth is not some abstract, philosophical, or religious framework which we can just intellectually embrace. That's not, that's not truth. Truth involves a way of life, and truth involves a person, the person of Jesus Christ. And what he had to say, the life that he lived, what he said and did, cuts right to the heart and exposes our sinfulness and our selfishness and our self-righteousness. See, what I'm saying is people wouldn't buy the truth because when they came up to it and got it close enough to it, they saw that it cost too much. Because here's what the truth is. The truth is that people are in a mess. That's the truth. The truth is you're not seeking the truth. The truth is you're suppressing the truth. The truth is that people are sinful. The truth is that people are masters of self-deception. The truth is that people are in a desperate need of a Savior. The truth is that Christ died for sinners. All these things you see people I'm talking about back when they said they were seeking the truth, they came to see, if they came to see any of that, they backed off because it costs too much. Let me give a couple of examples of men who had the opportunity to buy the truth but didn't because in their eyes they thought the cost was too high. And then I'll give two examples of men who did buy the truth. First of all, you have the rich young ruler. Jesus spoke the truth to him and he knew it It wasn't a question of not knowing the truth. He realized that what Christ was saying was true. But the cost of accepting the truth was too high. You know the story, Luke 18. So he backed off, walked away. Jesus could have lowered the price. 
and got him to accept something. But if he would have done that, you know what would have happened? He would have sold the truth down the line a little bit. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Pilate was another one who knew the truth but backed off. He had the truth standing before him. He knew Jesus was innocent. There was no question in his mind about that. In fact, he said, I find no guilt in this man. Right then, right at that point, he could have bought the truth. What did he do? He yielded to the pressure of popularity. When he said, what is truth, he wasn't searching for the truth. If he really honestly wanted the truth, he could have found it right then in that moment. But the price of losing popularity with the people was too high. He wouldn't buy the truth. And he backed off and had Christ crucified. But a question, we could ask this question here at at this point. It's a good place to ask it. Was the price really too high? Is the price ever too high? What shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Is it too much to leave your sins and self-life in order to gain eternity? That's, that's the, the question here in terms of buying the truth. Is it too much to leave your sin and self-life in order to gain eternity? To gain God as your Father, Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit living in you, heaven as your home. Is that really? I mean, the fact is, it's a wonderful bargain. Tremendous. When God opens our eyes, we see what a tremendous bargain we have. And that's what happened to Moses, for instance. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. We're told this about Moses. It said in verse 24, 11:24, by faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. He bought the truth in that situation, and he wouldn't sell it. For he was looking to the reward. He saw that this thing of leaving behind Egypt and all the pleasures of sin 
that were there was nothing compared, you see, to what he would gain. So he was willing to buy the truth in that situation. Paul is another good example. He bought the truth by losing his privileged position in the Jewish religion. You know how he says it there in Philippians chapter 3. He says, But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. So, Paul bought the truth. Again, it wasn't through merit. It wasn't through ability. It wasn't through uh, any kind of self-effort. But it was a recognition of the fact that he needed to repent and believe the gospel and put his life in Christ's hands. So we are commanded to buy the truth and we are prohibited from selling it. Buy the truth and do not sell it. And for us, again, in Vanity Fair, there's all kinds of temptations that come to us to sell the truth. Now, I do believe that anyone who's truly bought the truth will never sell it. If you've truly bought it, you won't sell it. But there will be all kinds of very real temptations to sell the truth. And we need to uh, be on our guard lest those temptations uh, get us off track. How do we sell it? Well, we can sell the truth through compromise. We can sell the truth through fear of man. We can sell the truth through neglect and complacency. We can sell the truth through unbelief. Esau sold the truth. Judas sold the truth. Demas sold the truth. And you could probably mention a number of others from the Scripture who sold the truth. But I say again, it was because they never really bought the truth. Probably one of the biggest things for us would be compromise. And uh, those things all, you know, the fear of man and that type of thing, all and unbelief, all are tied together so close. Uh, but I did want to read one quote from Machen here that I thought was good. He said, Witness bravely to the truth that you, all, that you already understand and more will be given to you. But make common cause with those who deny or ignore the gospel of Christ 
and the enemy will forever run riot in your life. In other words, if you buy the truth, you'll keep on buying the truth. And as you, as you do it, as you just take what you have and use it, God will give you more. But if you take what you have and don't use it or abuse it, you're going to lose what you have. Make, as he says, make common cause with those who deny or ignore the gospel of Christ, and the enemy will forever run riot in your life. So, we need to buy the truth. And I think the uh, for those that aren't Christian here tonight, the, the emphasis here is to buy it now. Today is the day of salvation. It's not enough to just think about the truth, acknowledge that there is truth. Those things are good, but that's not buying the truth. You've got to buy the truth. And for us that are Christians, we need to be careful in this area of selling it because... There are continual temptations to do just that. Have we had that view of truth that's let us see that it's worth everything to buy it and never to sell it? Well, that's what uh, Bunyan was bringing out about these two pilgrims. Uh, they, they had to go through Vanity Fair. It was impossible not to. Nevertheless, they stood against all those... Uh, temptations to sell it and were victorious. Well, let's pray. Again, Father, we ask that you'd help us to be pilgrims in the midst of Vanity Fair and to buy the truth and not to sell it. We thank you that you've made it so that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world and that the that we can see something anyway of the value, the great value of truth as it's found in Christ. Help us to walk with you and uh, 
learn more and more of what it means to be a Christian. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth, Jesus says.